Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Kerry Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're covering agriculture from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. U.S. farmer's share of your Thanksgiving food dollar has declined. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas remains warm and dry. The first few fronts have all come through dry, starting to concern area producers. Those stories and more in today's report. Staying at home more increases outdoor project possibilities during the pandemic. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag today. We'll have those stories, plus the latest news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. But first, here's Jessica Domel with news headlines. For every dollar that Americans spend on Thanksgiving dinner this year, farmers and ranchers will earn about 11.9 cents. Though farmers' smaller share of food expenditures could be blamed on dropping commodity prices in previous years, it is not the case in 2020. After bottoming out during the pandemic, prices for many ag products have mostly recovered. Over the past 12 months, the food prices have risen almost 4 percent, far ahead of the 1.4 percent rate of overall inflation. Registration is now underway for the annual Texas Plant Protection Conference, scheduled for December 8th through the 10th online. This year's conference theme is Resilient Agriculture, Healthy Farms for a Healthy Future. Pesticide applicator CEUs and certified crop advisor credits are available. Cost is $20 for farmers and students and $75 for others. You can RSVP at texasplantprotection.com, texasplantprotection.com. Again, that conference will be held on online this year, December 8th, 9th, and 10th. The High Plains Ag Conference will be held online from 9 a.m. to noon, December 4th. A link to RSVP by the December 2nd deadline is available on today.agrolife.org. You can celebrate the holidays at a state park. According to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, 32 Texas state parks and six state historic sites will host Thanksgiving and Christmas-themed scavenger hunts, self-guided walks, and virtual events this year. The event started on Saturday and run through December. State parks are still operating at a limited capacity, so people are encouraged to visit the state park's website to reserve day and camping passes if needed. A list of events and other information is available on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service is now accepting applications for its annual sheep shearing school in San Angelo. For more, visit today.agrilife.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. 
Texas will soon have the largest wool testing facility in the nation. The American Sheep Industry Association is teaming up with Texas A&M's Wool and Mohair Research Laboratory in San Angelo to build a testing lab that can service the entire nation's wool testing needs. Benny Cox of San Angelo is the current president of the ASI. Through ASI's efforts and working with uh, Texas A&M University, we've established that capability here in San Angelo, Texas. Of course, San Angelo, Texas is a big wool-producing area, and uh, it's fitting that it landed here, I think. Cox says currently the U.S. wool industry has to rely on a lab in New Zealand for testing. This new lab will be the only one in the U.S. large enough to handle the needs of the entire industry. There's some other capabilities, some of these universities and stuff, but not anything that's large enough to the magnitude to to uh, service the, the total industry. The new lab should be fully functional in 2022. Ben Schultz of Levon and Blaze Wild of Wall, Texas, are first place state winners in the National Wheat Yield Contest. Schultz received first place in the dryland winter wheat category with a final yield of 72.81 bushels per acre. The Collin County average is approximately 38 bushels. He planted AGS 2055, a soft red winter wheat variety from the University of Arkansas. Wild received first place in the irrigated winter wheat category with a final yield of 106.21 bushels per acre. The Tom Green County average is approximately 25 bushels. Wild planted the OK Genetics variety, Showdown. Extreme South Texas remains warm and dry, and that's concerning to farmers and ranchers in that area. Jim Hearn has more from the Rio Grande Valley. The weather remains warm and dry. It's been ideal weather for field work, planting, and harvesting. The sugarcane harvest is kicking off. The 40,000 acres uh, look good. Yields uh, look awful promising at this point. The citrus harvest is really ramping up gift fruit and holiday gift basket. Well, those uh, plus our normal schedule of, of harvesting, uh, and that's uh, keeping harvesters extremely busy. One problem in citrus, though, that's starting to raise up, we've had an outbreak of the Mexican fruit fly, and that's been in Cameron County. Almost 4,000 acres now are under quarantine, and bait spraying is ongoing. Now, the end of the onion planting is also drawing near. Vegetable planting, that's continues. Cabbage, carrots, and our salad greens. Well, cattlemen are starting to get a little concerned about stock tank levels. We've just had no good rains uh, in the months, and burn bans are still in effect for a large portion of the entire South Texas area. Now, with the dry grass, range fires will again be possible, so burn Burn bans are going to be, well, strictly enforced. Water levels at Amistad and Falcon, they continue to fall. Falcon is particularly worrisome right now. They have not had any decent rains since Hurricane Hannah. Now, Hannah did have a bright side, though. The rains have spurred vegetable growth that has sharply increased the survival of quail and Rio Grande turkey, as well as the deer population. This is Jim Hearn reporting from the Rio Grande Valley for Texas Ag Today. Many of us have spent a lot of time at home here in 2020, but that has made it more convenient to get outdoor projects done around the house. Tom Nicoletti talks with a San Angelo horticulturalist about possible at-home outdoor projects. For today's program, we go to San Angelo, and horticulturist John Begno is my guest. As uh, John, we talk about... Uh, some projects that people can do outdoors uh, around their home 
uh, at this time of the year, weather permitting, of course, and uh, more so because of uh, the coronavirus pandemic that uh, is still with us. If there are going to be more uh, lockdowns and uh, continued social distancing, the safest place could be, uh, of course, at your home and outdoors. And maybe at that time, you could take some time to uh, uh, reevaluate what needs to be done around the home for uh, some uh, landscape beauty and so forth to talk about uh, what people might be able to do. That's right, Tom. You know, these projects, uh, sometimes they do it yourself. Sometimes they're just planned and you hire the work to be done. But that outdoor space is yours to enjoy. And and we're doing a lot more of that under these conditions. And so whatever that might be that you're finding yourself doing more cooking at home and you want an outdoor cooking area or you're finding yourself doing more reading or actually teaching the kids that you need a little outdoor classroom, what a great opportunity for us to evaluate the space that we have and make it as usable as we can. These projects can be done even during the winter. I mean, it's a slow time for many contractors. It's a time for you to just do a little planning and get online and view these deals. It may be something as simple as a sitting area that you might do a little research and reading on your own. All right. What about uh, greenhouses? If people are interested in either establishing one to begin with uh, or expanding and improving on one that's already existing. You might have found that this stay-at-home time has increased your gardening capacity and your love for it. And one of the ways you can improve or enhance that is by an outdoor greenhouse or maybe even just a simple lean-to greenhouse. It might be a cold frame, what we were referred to as a cold frame, an area where you can start your vegetables early outside without any heat, for instance. And also, not just a greenhouse, Tom, but, you know, things that would enhance the outdoor space like bring birds in and butterflies, the types of plants that could bring hummingbirds, for instance, that you can also do some tweaking on your plant materials that you'd like to include in that outdoor space to just make it much more beautiful. So not only to uh, beautify the outdoor landscape around homes uh, for these projects, but also uh, maybe and hopefully to improve people's uh, mental outlook at this time. You're exactly right. Attitude could be everything getting us through this thing. And so the beauty is one thing and being able to just look out there or utilize the space is one thing, but to make it make you feel better is a very important part of a good landscape. And this, of course, could be done uh, whether you're uh, living in an urban lifestyle or out in the rural areas. It most certainly can. It can even help people who are confined to a smaller space, say an apartment or a, a condominium or things like that with container gardening. That is San Angelo horticulturist John Begno. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Last week's monthly cattle on feed report shows record numbers of cattle in feedlots. Michael Clements reports from Washington. The November cattle on feed report shows the number of animals on feed as of November 1st is higher than it was this time last year. The report provides monthly estimates of the number of cattle being fed for slaughter. Scott Bennett, American Farm Bureau Federation Congressional Relations Director, says the number of cattle on feed has largely followed seasonal patterns, but since August has been running above recent years' levels. Most significantly, the report showed a total inventory of 11.97 million head on feed in the United States, with large monthly carryovers to offset a drop in placements. This is the highest November inventory since the series began in 1996. Bennett says placements, described as new animals being placed on feed, were lower than expected. Placements were 11% under those from a year ago and more significant than the 8.9% decrease estimated by analysts. 
While the placements in October of 2019 were record high, we've been running ahead of year-ago placements since April and May during the height of the pandemic. Bennett says the near-term future will be dictated by how COVID-19 impacts the supply chain. This report would be considered neutral to bullish. Looking into the future, the big question mark is how much a resurgence of COVID-19 affects packing capacity. While we do not anticipate it to be as challenging as it was this spring, the risk of plant closures still lingers in the air. Find a complete analysis on the Market Intel page at fb.org. Michael Clements, Washington. The National Archery in the Schools program helps Texas students learn a fun, lifelong activity that could earn them a college scholarship. I'm Jessica Domel, and I have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And a recent study indicates that diet can have an effect on your horse's behavior. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd takes a closer look at that study coming up next. Keep it here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas size weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Well, I know that my diet can affect my behavior, especially when I stuff myself with Thanksgiving turkey. And a recent study indicates that diet can have an effect on your horse's behavior. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd takes a closer look. A graduate student at Virginia Tech performed a study on horses at Virginia Tech in their university riding program. The study involved using different levels of fat and starch and determining behavior. The horse publication indicates that 20 riding horses were split into five groups of four horses each, and each group received a different starch to fat ratio in their diet, ranging from 7.1% to 14.3% starch. All horses were fed twice daily for the 21-day duration of the study, housed in individual stalls and ridden in the university's riding program, which consisted of beginner to advanced equitation and hunter-jumper. All riders and instructors were blinded to the diet, so they did not know which horses were being fed which diets. The horse's behavior was evaluated while being caught, led, and groomed, as well as being ridden. Reaction to leg aids, relaxation, and submission were also noted, and blood samples were taken before and after the 21-day trial. Results indicated that the different diets had no significant effect on the horse's body weight or condition score, and this was expected as all diets were balanced for body weight and body condition score. Horses on high starch, low fat diets had higher behavior reactivity scores from both instructors and riders. Horses on low starch diets became better behaved over time and those on high starch diets were less well behaved. You may have always heard that high grain diets make horses hotter and more difficult to handle. And although most nutritionists indicate this is not the case, this study seems to indicate that horses on high starch diets are more difficult to handle, and these diets have a negative effect on behavior. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The National Archery in the Schools program helps students learn a fun, lifelong activity that could earn them a college scholarship. Jessica Domel has more in today's Wildlife Report. 
More than 1,300 schools in Texas offer their students the unique opportunity to learn archery as part of physical education. Rob Owen, Outreach and Recruitment Manager for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, says the National Archery in the Schools program helps students learn a fun, lifelong activity that can connect them to the outdoors. We have more than 1,300 schools that have been trained in the program, and we're always looking to grow that. So if there's a school out there that's looking for an additional skill in their phys ed program. You know, this touches on the peaks, the essential knowledge of Texas, as well as multiple disciplines. There's some social studies in there. There's some science in there in addition to the phys ed. Since 2004, TPWD staff and volunteers have certified hundreds of NASP archery instructors and trainers. In 2018, more than 2,200 Texas students participated in the state bullseye championship tournament. We host an annual tournament every year, and this year it was unfortunately canceled due to COVID, like many things. But we were anticipating more than 3,000 archers to show up in Belton, Texas, to try their hand at winning a scholarship. We hope that the tournament continues to grow, and there's even built into that tournament. A 3D archery angle as well, where you know kids are shooting at animal-shaped targets instead of bullseye targets. It's again just trying to bridge that target sport into a hunting sport. That was Rob Owen from the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. Details on the National Archery in the Schools program and TPWD's other archery programs are available on the TPWD website. Click on Education and then Archery for the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Jessica Dommel. Well, all of our agricultural markets closed on Thursday for the Thanksgiving Day holiday, but we'll take a quick look back at how things wrapped up on Wednesday. Coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Truck drivers, if you're stuck on a railroad crossing, don't just sit there. It takes a freight train more than a mile to stop, even in an emergency. So by the time you hear this, it could be too late to save your truck and maybe your license or your life. Instead, immediately get out of your truck, away from the tracks, and call the number on the emergency sign at the crossing. That gives the railroad a chance to stop trains before they get to you. Always call the emergency number. It could save your truck, your license, and your life. Go to oli.org for info. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It has been a very positive week for the cattle market. Wednesday was no exception. We continued to climb higher in both live and feeder cattle futures. We closed with December live cattle up 20 cents, 111.37. The February up 22, 114.17. April live cattle up 27, 117.42. January feeder cattle up $1.57 at 140.17. March feeders up $1.15, 139.27. April feeders up $1.05 at one. 4040. Cash fed cattle trade still fairly quiet. We did see some light sales up in Iowa, 110 on a live basis, 172 dress. That's steady with last week's trade. When you look down south though, the Packers are bidding 111. That's a buck higher. Feedlot still not taking it. Hoping to get 112 this week. And who knows, with the higher futures market and higher box beef, they may be able to get it on Friday. Speaking of box beef, Prices higher once again Wednesday. Choice up 62 cents, 244.92. Select up a dollar 
340-221-11. Let's check a couple of feeder cattle auctions now. We'll go to Nixon, Texas. Nixon Livestock Commission selling this week 1,496 head. The trend was steady to higher. Two to three weight steers, $1.23 to $1.60. Three to four weights, $1.27 to $1.67. Four to 500 pound steers, $1.13 to $1.56. Five to six weights, $1.02 to $1.44. Six to 700 pounders, $97 to $1.25. And the seven to 800 pound steers, $95 to $1.19 a pound. Slaughter cows brought 18 to 55 cents. Slaughter bulls, 60 to 84. Stocker cows, 450 to 900 a head. Had a few cow-calf pairs selling for $1,100 a pair. Live Oak Livestock Auction in Three Rivers, Texas, selling 1,538 head. The trend steady to higher. Two to three weight steers, $1.28 to $1.76. Three to 400 pounders, $1.28 to $1.72. Four to five weight steers, $1.20 to $1.64. Five to 600 pounders, $1.14 to $1.54 a pound. Six to seven weight steers, $1.08 to $1.36. With seven to 800 pounders, $94 to $1.28. Slaughter cows, 24 to 54 cents. Slaughter bulls, 62 to 80. Stocker cows, 525 to 1025 a head. Cow calf pairs, 875 to $1,100 a pair. Let's jump back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs closed higher on Wednesday. December up 87 cents, 66.17. February up 92, 67.67. Class 3 milk was mixed. November contract up 10 cents, 23.24. While December down 29 at 15.3400 weight. We saw a very light volume trade in both the cotton and grain markets on Wednesday heading into the Thanksgiving Day holiday. We ended up closing lower for cotton with the March contract down 62 points, 72.36. May cotton down 62, 73.21. We saw a big drop in the wheat market. Now that is somewhat typical. When you have a very light volume trade, most of the traders headed home for the holidays and that tends to leave the markets vulnerable to bigger price swings. We saw that in the wheat market for sure, with December Kansas City wheat dropping 17 and a quarter, 543 and three quarters. New crop July wheat down 19 and three quarters, 560 and a half. Corn market closed lower, December corn down five and three quarters, 420 a bushel. In the energy markets, December natural gas up 10 cents, 287. January crude oil up 71 at 4562 a barrel. The financial markets mixed with the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 188 points, 29,857. The Nasdaq up 62, 12,098. The S&P 500 down 5, 3,629. Well, that wraps up our markets, and that wraps up yet another edition of Texas Ag Today. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember, we'll be right here next time to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'll see you then. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is Texas. Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at TexasFarmBureau.org or TFBRadio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.